Welcome back to Hour 2 of More Than Money. We're happy to be with you. We All right, it's Gene this morning. Alyssa is uh, taking the day to um, challenge herself. Uh, there is a, an event where uh, she is challenged to run as many miles as she can. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a 10-hour limit, but that's her personal limit, and her goal is to run 40 miles in one day. Sadly, the weather is not cooperating. Uh, it's rainy and yucky. So if you would uh, uh, note two different things, number one, keep her in your prayers, keep her in your prayers for her safety and her health and that she returns to us in very, very good order. And number two, keep Jean in your prayers. Gosh, she's flying solo here today, doing all the work, shouldering the burden and uh, he's not used, okay, years and years and years. Uh, today, a little more challenging as uh, uh, spring has uh, sprung and brings with it, I love it, I really do. Um, the fact that I have allergies doesn't uh, throw me any kind of a curveball at all in terms of how much I love the spring. It is just fantastic. Um, flowers blooming and, of course, just a couple weeks away from Easter, that's a pretty amazing thing. Uh, Deepak Chopra was referencing uh, uh, the function of a how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly and how remarkably similar that is to the Easter story. How it goes into a cocoon, some would call it a grave, and emerges with wings. That's pretty appropriate. Pretty darn appropriate and pretty darn amazing. So uh, if you were with us in the first hour, we covered a lot of ground. Some of the items that you might want to review when you have the opportunity. Monday, we'll put all of the entire show on our website for uh, podcast availability. So right around noon, you'll be able to access the first hour. And we talked about uh, filing tax extensions. We talked about um, the uh, uh, opportunities to adjust investment portfolios based on rising interest rates. We talked about the concern about um, adjusting investment plans based on short-term events as we're currently experiencing. And uh, to be blunt, how we did not feel that that was uh, something that is appropriate for most people. And we talk kind of uh, in some detail about Roth IRAs, about the rules, about how to do conversions, about how to set up IRAs, uh, Roth IRAs for uh, making gifts. Covered a lot of ground. So hopefully you are with us or uh, you will circle back and uh, and pick that up. 610-720-7900. Um, I don't know, male or female, hoping you can help me determine the best course of action to take. Uh, I participate in my company's 401k. My company offers a 6% match. I am currently contributing 9%. I'm 47, planning to retire around 65 or so. I also have a Roth IRA that I use as an alternative retirement planning and or college savings fund. I wanted to ask if I should contribute the excess amount of my 401k contribution 
that is over the matched amount to my Roth IRA instead. I know that future taxing uh, may change, and I'm trying to figure out how I would be able to calculate what is the better tax strategy. Should I take advantage of the 401k pre-tax now, or should I add more to the Roth and get a tax benefit later? Thank you. Interesting. The um, opportunity, and I, and I, I use that word very uh, precisely, the opportunity to create a future stream of tax-free income, translation, the Roth, whether it be a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, uh, must be taken very seriously. It is an opportunity. Now, having said that, it is an opportunity that comes with a cost. The cost typically uh, is relatively small and typically uh, a relatively, even relatively smaller, if you will, uh, relative to the tax savings in the future. So using the simplest numbers that I can, because uh, it's Saturday and I'm doing m mental math and I, I don't want to have a headache. If we're putting $10,000 into a Roth 401k and we're in the 20% bracket and, and our tax bracket is, is going to stay exactly that for the rest of our lives. Not terribly likely, but let's use that as a good basis for this calculation. I put 10,000 in. I end up paying $2,000 in tax that uh, I had the opportunity to avoid if I didn't, uh, did not use the Roth. Now, having said that, is that a good idea? Well, that $10,000 in the Roth 401k over the next, for this gentleman, 18 years, we would hope would grow reasonably. Let's not, um, get too um, aggressive with our projections, we're going to say that that 10,000 grows to say 30,000 over the next uh, you know, 18 or 20 years. 20% uh, tax on 30,000 is 6,000 bucks. So we are uh, spending 2,000 now in order to save 6,000 later and the reality is it may be much more than that because uh, your Roth IRA may continue to cook for decades after you uh, retire. So creating a tax-free stream of income is a rare opportunity. The IRS having their talons sunk deep into basically every aspect of your financial life that they possibly can, even to the extent now that they have started, they, they claim that they're starting only with the wealthiest families. Approximately 20,000 families that are worth $100 million or more. And their plan is to tax not just their income, but their wealth. And they claim, and when I say they, politicians, claim it's only to make things fair. It's 
only to make things fair. And it's never going to trickle down to the average taxpayer. I don't believe that for a moment. I think they get their foot in the door. They push their entire body through the door. And then once they've spent, according to the current uh, budget projections, um, a $1.4 trillion deficit per year projected over the next 10 years, adding another $14 trillion to the federal debt in a rising interest rate environment, which means the federal government's going to have to put more and more money into the budget to pay the interest on their debt at higher and higher levels, higher and higher interest rates on more and more trillions of dollars. Do you think they're going to stop with the wealthiest? Of course not. Once they get the uh, the process in, they get their foot in the door, they will turn their uh, greedy attentions uh, to us. So creating tax-free income streams, I think, is an extremely wise thing to do. Now, I'm not sure this gentleman is, in, gentlemen, not sure, this individual is aware, but in a 401k plan, the the company match is always in uh, placed in the standard 401k bucket. So the his company match is six percent. He puts in nine. His nine percent he could put it in hundred percent in the standard bucket, a hundred percent in the Roth bucket, or any combination that he wishes that totals up to nine percent. And the 6% will go into the standard bucket translation, the bucket that he will pay tax on when he begins withdrawals in retirement. So one strategy to be considered would be to transform all of his 9% contribution into the Roth. That would still have 6% in the standard And depending on his uh, goals for retirement, that might very well uh, bring him right where he needs to be or not. It depends. Company matches and contribution levels tell us almost nothing about how successful or unsuccessful a retirement plan might be. If we're talking about putting Uh, 9% of a relatively small amount of money, let's say the gentleman makes Uh, $60,000, 15% total is $9,000, a very nice sum of money. But if your goal in retirement requires much more, keep in mind that the 401k limits are not based on percentages. They're based on dollar amounts. He is 47 I grab the specs, and that tells me that at his age, he is permitted to put uh, $20,500 in his 401k. So if he is uh, earning $60,000, he can put up to a third of his income into his 401k. Now, I realize that that's a pretty dramatic number, 
whoa, I'm going from 9% to 32%, 33%. That's pretty dramatic. Is it? Uh, it? It's simply, there's no way for you and I to know until we know what his cash flow is, what we know, what is he spending. It may turn out that it's an easy thing for him to do. It may turn out that because he's using um, uh, dollars that uh, are being now shifted into the 401k, being tax sheltered going forward, his tax bill may actually go down over years by putting more and more money into his 401k. There's simply no way that we can tell from uh, this email uh, yet, but gives you some of the general background and, and how best to, uh, to approach that. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethemoneyonline.com. Let's see what we have email-wise. Very good. Um, it looks like a young lady asks, uh, I've been watching your PBS show. I'm hoping that you'll be able to help me with retirement planning. Uh, I am 64 and retired. She puts that in quotes. She says in parentheses, really semi-retired. Uh, much earlier than I planned because I lost my last full-time job three years ago due to age discrimination. That's, that's a little surprising these days. There's many, many companies that are kind of looking at employees very differently than what they used to. Uh, it was very common 20, 25 years ago that once you hit 50, 55, getting reemployed was very, very hard because they just figured that you were going to uh, come and go. Now many companies are looking at seniors as their prime employees because they show up for work, they have people skills, they're responsible, they have integrity, et cetera. Uh, unfortunately, this young lady not in that position. Um, I have found a part-time job that I love and has a good hourly rate. It started out at 10 hours a week. Recently, after a year, they raised me to 20 hours a week. I started collecting Social Security at 62. Uh, anyway, I think I have enough in retirement savings, mostly dividend-paying stocks, if I can wait a couple of years before I start taking money out, here's the big question. How do you budget for big expenditures in retirement? What if I need a car? And at some point, of course I will, or want to take a vacation or renovate my kitchen, which is much needed. I'm not sure how to budget for those kind of expenses or to figure out what I can afford. How can I figure that out? If you need more info, please uh, just ask. Well, we uh, do I need more info? Yeah, kinda, kinda. This is not a, where do I come up with $50,000 question? Although it seems that way. This is a, how do I manage my cash flow so that either I can save for what I wanna buy or I can afford to borrow and make those payments? So uh, let's uh, give you a simple example, not obviously included in the email, but a simple uh, example. This uh, young lady decides that 
her kitchen. Ugh, it's really aggravating. Uh, I want to renovate. I want to do uh, cabinet facing. I want some new appliances. It's going to cost 20000 bucks. Ouch. How, how do you do that on a relatively fixed income? You look at your budget. Uh, if, for example, based on her current employment plus Social Security, let's pick a number and say she's earning um, $3,500 a month, um, the, the next question that's critical is what are you spending? Let's paint an interesting scenario that says that she's spending 2500 a month. Translation, she can tuck away 1000 bucks a month. She now has a choice. She can wait just over a year and a half, and she has her $20,000 to pay cash for her renovation. Or she can do the renovation now and borrow the money and uh, have uh, a payment that hopefully will, um, the the $1,000 of cushion that she has will cover rather easily. But not knowing what her budget is, not knowing what her monthly budget is, or what her net cash flow might be, um, I, I can't answer that on air, but I can certainly encourage her uh, to sit with one of our More Than Money advisors. We have a platform called Journey Guide. It's been developed to answer exactly these kinds of questions, uh, to project uh, cash flows, uh, project um, uh, rates of return, uh, project... Um, needs, uh, uncertain, large expenditures and small uh, into the future to see uh, what strategies, whether it's a saving strategy or a borrowing strategy, uh, fits best. If uh, waiting a year and a half to save $20,000 is uh, doable, um, well, we've checklisted one of the issues uh, that she uh, is concerned about. If, again, We'll use, for an example, she wishes to take a vacation. It's going to cost uh, $5,000. Uh, she can either save for five months. Uh, if she wants to do both of these, a year and a half, well, two years from now, she will have saved enough for her kitchen renovation and a vacation. Not a bad pattern at all. Once we identify what the gap is, what the cushion is between her income and her expenditures, then the calculation as to whether or not we're going to borrow or save and her own personal goals in terms of time frames becomes rather easy, rather easy. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com morethanmoneyonline.com. I'm not sure I understand the question. The email I just received says, I expect many of your listeners have seen the TV pitch. Call the number below and get all your benefits. I view it as a selling insurance ploy, but from where does the money come and what uh, the money come that is added to your social security check? Thank you for your service to your community. Uh, I'm not familiar with this. Sir? There have been a series of ads, especially on a local channel, uh, with like Jimmy Walker and, you know, call this number now. 
uh, have money added to your Social Security benefits, depending on your zip code. That that's the type of ah, call. Ah, thank you, about. thank you, John. Perfect. Yeah, and and in my opinion, it's very misleading. It is um, Medicare premiums are deducted from your Social Security? So when they say get money added to your Social Security check, what they are uh, pitching is a Medicare program, whether it's Medicare Advantage or some other insurance-based program, where if you are paying for a, a higher premium uh, on your Medicare, uh, the base Medicare premium is about 150 a month, but it can go up to as much as 600 a month. If by switching to a different Medicare program, your premiums drop, that will increase your Social Security benefit. It doesn't. It's, it, it increases the check that you get, but it is, it is a smaller decrease in your Social Security benefits. Eh, Dick, we figured it out. Thank you, John. Uh, That I I was, I was drawing a blank. Oh, no problem. Thanks. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Young lady writes. Thank you for my uh, taking my question into consideration. Can you suggest where to invest our money instead of bonds uh, to offset our retirement accounts? To my knowledge, the bond market is going south as the Fed continues to raise interest rates. Uh, I would uh, tend to agree. Uh, young lady, I think this um, the likelihood uh, that bonds over the next year or two, maybe longer, have either incredibly low rates of return or, in my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of folks that I respect, have negative rates of return. I would not be surprised at all. If the the bond market over the next two years has has an average return of minus three minus four percent, wouldn't surprise me at all. And when I say the bond market, bonds come in tons of different flavors, tons of different types: uh, government bonds and corporate bonds and muni bonds and short term bonds and intermediate term bonds, uh, and and that's just just getting started. But I think in general, bonds are going to struggle. There are a number of options depending on your financial goals. If your financial goal is to generate income and not worry too much about principal, you can look at high dividend stocks. High dividend stocks, the principal values will fluctuate in some cases a lot. In general, over a very long period of time, they will fluctuate higher. But if that uh, fluctuation causes you agita, that may not be in your best interest. If you go to the flip side of that, higher interest rates on fixed annuities, uh, fixed annuities being principal is guaranteed by the full faith and credit of the annuity company, and interest is fixed. Uh, we're seeing three-year annuities, uh, not very long, uh, now paying in excess of 3%. Guaranteed, no negative returns. 
Uh, fixed indexed annuities give you an opportunity for higher returns. No guarantees, but an opportunity. But those are available as well. Uh, if you are um, comfortable investing where uh, there is the uh, up and down of the market in terms of return, but you have some protection, there's a relatively new investment platform called Buffered ETFs. Buffered ETFs protect against losses in when you invest in the S&P 500 index up to nine, uh, I'm sorry, up to 15% declines. Pretty interesting product there as well. Uh, lots of different variations on that translation. You put money in, if the market goes up, uh, you are um, given all or a big chunk of the gain. And if the market goes down 10, 12, 14%, you don't lose anything. If it goes down 16, you're down one. So this has to be customized. Your question requires that the solution be customized to what fits you, what fits your risk tolerance, and very importantly, what fits your time frame, what fits your time frame. If you want to explore all of those things, young lady, um, shoot me another email. We'll get you uh, uh, introduced to one of our advisors that can go through the, all of those options and the pros and cons with you. Voice of an Angel says our last break. Um, froggy voice and all. We are, it looks like we might actually make it. 23 and a half minutes left for you to have your questions asked and answered. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Questions and emails after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor. This Saturday morning, Alyssa Young is uh, taking the day to participate in um, self-inflicted torture. That's God bless her. She loves to run. I, I'm, um, it is. Uh, um, I, I think her target is to try to run forty miles. I'm not sure if um, the weather is going to have a significant impact or no impact. I'm not um, one of those. I'm, I'm a treadmill kind of guy. And uh, so I'm, I'm the, the last person you should be asking about any kind of uh, assessment of what she's going through. But please keep her in your prayers as she is uh, both uh, running and traveling it's about an hour and a half from here, an hour and 40 minutes. So uh, please keep her in your uh, prayers. Um, spring being what it is, baseball season's back. The Masters. Uh, Tiger made the cut a year after just destroying his leg. Jeez. Uh, kind of uh, impressive in so many uh, younger, uh, uninjured players not making the cut for the weekend that's uh, uh that that says something about his his determination for sure 
I don't know a lot about the young man, Scotty Scheffler, who is currently leading by a bunch. I think uh, tied the lead, uh, the the uh, record for largest lead at the halfway point of the Masters, five-stroke lead. But I did see him win a recent tournament. Uh, seems like a very fine young man, very humble, uh, married to a, a just a lovely young lady, and they seem to have a very, very uh, tight family relationship. And I pray that all of what it seems is absolutely true. Uh, God bless them all. And, and again, uh, keep everybody in your prayers. Uh, athletes, uh, injuries are kind of part of the game, but you, you hope that everybody stays healthy and performs um, to, 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 be a, uh, to be an honor, to be an honor. Uh, 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. I want to circle back to the email that we answered just before we went to break uh, for Lily, talking about bond markets and, and alternatives. Um, a lot of folks are asking about alternatives, and, and because there are so very many, uh, it is for someone who is not um, active in the financial advisory world, in the, in, particularly on the investment side, the challenges to determine which of the many alternatives um, fit appropriately seem overwhelming. They really do, because as, as you heard, if you were with us before the break, the, there are not one or two options. There are half a dozen at least. And within that, uh, that the general categories of half a dozen, there are easily um, subcategories, three or four apiece. So now we're up to, what, 20, 25 different um, selections possibilities that you might evaluate seemingly overwhelming it really isn't it really isn't there are uh, fundamentally two questions that you need to answer uh, um, for yourself it, very personal um, before you um, start kicking around options with uh, either yourself on, on a do-it-yourself basis on, on doing your own research or with an advisor. Uh, the first, and I, and I think one of the most telling, is uh, how liquid do you need this money to be? How easily accessible do you need this money to be? And if the answer is, I need it to be 100% accessible, and I can't afford to lose a penny. We have solved your problem already. You take that money to the bank, or you take that money to the credit union, because these are the types of accounts that are 100% liquid, 100% protected in virtually all cases, and... Uh, they uh, are 100% um, uh, what protected against against declines. So you have one scenario 
of I'm really uh, kind of annoyed that I'm not making very much on either my bank account or my bonds, but my requirement is uh, 100% liquid, 100% protected. It's a bank. That's that's a credit union. So liquidity, uh, the easy access to your money, I think, is is one of the most important decisions that you're going to make. Uh, the the second is time frame. How long uh, do you expect that you can commit uh, this money uh, to an investment program? Uh, if if we go right back to it's got to be 100% liquid, that's going to lean us to uh, the most conservative pieces. But if you said to me, I think three years, uh, I, it doesn't have to be uh, uh, set in stone, but I think three years, it opens up an entirely uh, 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 different and, and much larger menu of opportunities because you have more time. So if we talk about a fixed annuity or we talk about an indexed annuity or we talked about, we talk about buffered ETFs, these start to make sense potentially if you have a bit more time, if you have a bit more time. And finally, it's, uh, I, I think the third criterion that you have to be, um, uh, what, uh, clear about for yourself personally, specifically, is your reaction to risk. Certain uh, options have no risks that are easily visible. All investments have risk, but certain options have no apparent risk. If you put the money in the bank and the bank promises to pay you 0.2%, it appears to have no risk. It does. I'm going to circle back to that here in a moment. But bottom line is, if I said to you, um, you, you have only two choices. One is a bank account and the other is the stock market. If as soon as you hear the word stock market, your chest starts to tighten and you get agita and um, you're looking for the Tums uh, or the Pepto-Bismol, then that's a really bad choice. And, and we've narrowed this down quite nicely, and that will make the options much fewer and much easier to manage. If, on the other hand, you're saying, well, the stock market, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't normally think about it. But as an alternative to bonds, if I can have an options-based exchange-traded fund, sometimes called a buffered ETF, if I can have an options-based that provides me with significant protection. Uh, the one that we discussed before the break was minus 15%. If uh, the investments go down anything up to a minus 15% over the course of their uh, term, uh, you lose nothing. Uh, then yeah, I'm okay with that. It, you, you see how these are very personal, very specific. Uh, your need for liquidity, your time frame and your risk tolerance. Once you've identified those three factors for yourself or had the assistance of a financial advisor to help you with uh, identifying those, uh, then you can, we, we can take, as a team, we can take 20 
or more different options and bring them down to a much more manageable number, two, three, four, that you can explore in detail to see which fits you best. A little spring water. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, 610-720-7900. One gentleman who is uh, apparently enamored of I-bonds is uh, quick to point out that I-bonds are currently paying 7%. That is true. Uh, Depending on where inflation goes and what the uh, federal government decides to call inflation or not. Uh, uh, I-bonds that are issued have a guaranteed interest rate for six months, even though you have to keep them for a minimum of a year. When they renew their interest rate, it could be seven, it could be two, it could be nine. Uh, It will depend on the inflation rate as determined by the government at that point. Uh, Sadly, uh, many of the governmental uh, CPI calculations exclude, exclude, uh-huh, take out of the calculations, uh-huh. Well, what would they take out? Oh, nothing important. Food and energy, probably the two biggest factors in inflation that we have uh, seen in recent years. Now, I promise I would circle back to inflation. Here's the real bugaboo. Here's the fly in the ointment for folks who are saying, I just want to be super safe. If you invest $100,000 in the bank, in the credit union, because in your mind, uh, having it liquid and easily accessible is your highest priority, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. If indeed the one-year inflation rate, I think it's higher, but if indeed the one-year inflation rate as reported by the federal government is 7%, At the end of one year, your $100,000 can now buy $93,000 worth of stuff. Uh, Rather easily demonstrated by the price of gasoline. If you had a hundred bucks a year ago, you could buy approximately 40 gallons of gas. Approximately. 250 a gallon. If you have 100 bucks today, you can buy approximately 25 gallons of gas. If, if you get a very, very good price, 28 gallons of gas. So if you put your money a year ago in something super safe, Based on, I'm going to need to buy gas in a year. Your purchasing power dropped from 40 gallons to 28 gallons. It dropped 12 gallons. It dropped 30%. Probably more. Because the price is painful. Same issue with food. If a year ago, $100 paid for your weekly food bill, this time this year, what's it going to cover? Four days? So as long as you're not hungry every day, 
you should be okay. Your stomach will be hungry every day. Uh, bottom line, bless us, is inflation is a very, very serious challenge. If you are old enough to remember the Jimmy Carter years, hey, and you know what? How happy is he these days? Because for decades, uh, Jimmy Carter was known as the worst president ever. And, and now he's off the hook. <laughs> ah, come on. Have a sense of humor. I wouldn't give a dollar for all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, bottom line is if you're not earning enough on your investments to at least meet inflation, then your purchasing power is melting away, whether uh, your dollar amount is melting or not. You need to be concerned. Uh, 610-720-7900. That is not the one that I was looking for. Oh, here we go. Uh, hi, Gene. Really enjoy your show on PBS. I find it educational, informative, and helpful. Wow. All three? Uh, my two younger siblings and I are executors for our eldest sister's estate. And we're working with the estate attorney. Uh, we're seeking a financial institution to establish a flower trust fund. Our deceased sister requested that a trust be established in the amount of $8,000 to cover flowers for our parents' burial plot and her burial plot. She listed two banks for establishing this trust. However, neither bank will accommodate the estate's request. Several weeks ago, uh, you mentioned that More Than Money works with several trust companies. That is true. Therefore, I'm interested if MTM can provide a recommendation to help us resolve this issue and close out the estate. Thank you very much. Um, it is always uh, a sadness for me when uh, the answer I give to any of my audience members is no. <clears throat> I, I get uh, people go, aren't, aren't you sadder when, when they ask a question you can't answer? No, that's, that's fun. That's exciting. When you've been uh, appearing on radio and TV for 780 years, uh, you'll think about that later. It, it, it'll come to you. Uh, when, when you've been doing this as long as I have, I, I did the guesstimate at one point. I know that we're, at, we're approaching uh, over 3,000 shows. And if on average, uh, what, six, seven questions a show, I think more, but pick a number, say, say seven on 3,000, it's 21,000 questions. I've pretty much answered it all. To find ones that I don't know the answer to is fun. That's that's exciting to me. To to say no to somebody who's trying to do something that's very straightforward and very sweet uh, is is a sadness. Um, most trust companies, uh, as this individual has already found, will not accept a trust of this size. Trust companies typically charge 
a fee uh, either uh, on a percentage basis, pick a number, 1%, which on an $8,000 trust is 80 bucks a year, uh, and trust companies, uh, trust individuals, uh, payrolls, as you might expect, are quite significant. Overhead is quite significant. They can't afford to open the file for 80 bucks. Or conversely, they could charge a minimum fee. Let's say the minimum fee is $1,000 a year. Now they're in the position of having to turn to a trust that's supposed to be perpetual. And in eight years, it's going to be empty. Or seven years, it's going to be empty. So it is a really, really difficult position that you find yourself in. The only... Oh, gosh. The, the only thing that comes to mind that is a possibility is if the cemetery is affiliated with a church, many cemeteries are not, but if the cemetery is affiliated with a church, perhaps the church has a, many churches do, they have a flower fund. And that fund typically is for altar flowers and and church decorations for Easter and for Christmas, et cetera. But they may be willing to uh, accommodate. They may. Um, I'm also, uh, and, and this is a bit, in my mind, a bit more of a stretch, but as I think about private cemeteries, um, privately owned, privately run cemeteries, they must bump into this situation um, on, on a fairly regular basis. I wonder if the cemetery organization would be in a position to uh, handle that money um, and, and carry out your sister's wishes. Um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of what grasping at straws here a little bit because I'm not clear in my own mind that you're going to be successful finding um, an organization willing to accept a relatively small uh, 8,000 is not a small number, but relatively to uh, trust companies and, and organizations like that. Uh, it's a relatively small amount of money. Um, I, I wish I had a better answer. If anyone uh, in our audience has experience along these lines, uh, I would absolutely um, love to have you uh, shoot me an email, gene at askmtm.com. Uh, that would be uh, fantastic. I will be happy to pass whatever information we can uh, acquire on to um, this gentleman. How much time, sir? Let's see if this one will work. Uh, saw MTM last night at channel 39. I have a situation similar to the one the gentleman, uh, had asked on air. My wife passed away in March of last year after almost 60 years of marriage. God bless you. After hearing your advice last night, I decided to remove my wife's name from our deed as well. Uh, I guess this should be done at the registrar's office, registrar's office, uh, register of a recorder of deeds and wills, that kind of thing. Uh, do they usually have a standard form for this or do I just walk in and tell them what I want to do and go from there? 
Also, will I be required to pay federal and or Pennsylvania state income tax on half the value of the house if I make this change? And will there be a transfer tax involved? Thanks for your help and keep MTM on the TV. Well, I'll do my very best. Um, The last part of this question is actually easier to answer than the first. Uh, There is no uh, federal or Pennsylvania state tax um, transfers between spouses. So you don't have to worry about transfer taxes. You don't have to worry about income taxes. You don't have to worry about estate taxes. That, that, that's good. I am not familiar. Uh, I, I'm, I have not yet bumped into the situation where you can walk into the courthouse and say, I want to change my deed. Um, I'm not certain that you can't do that. I have simply always had uh, the uh, services of either an attorney or a settlement company, title insurance company, assist in preparing the deed. The deed will be from you and your wife. Um, You will sign as the executor for her estate. You will sign for yourself, transferring it to you alone. Um, Generally speaking, preparing a deed, not a very expensive thing. Um, they would prepare the deed. They would record it at the courthouse. Uh, not very expensive in, in, in my mind, as, as I recall, between a hundred and 200 bucks. Uh, I don't believe this to be, uh, a do it yourself project. I, I certainly have not run into that in the past that people have, have, uh, reported doing it on their own. I would suggest that you, uh, speak to an attorney you trust, uh, get a quote, Talk to a title insurance company that you know of or that you trust. Get a quote. And if it's a comfortable number, I would have a professional do that for you. Folks, uh, we have just a moment or two left in this edition of More Than Money. Uh, Again, with Alyssa Young um, uh, off today running ridiculous amounts of mileage. Please keep her in your prayers. Uh, And as uh, spring unfolds and Jean's uh, voice stays a little froggy for the next couple of weeks. Keep me in your prayers, too. I appreciate that very, very much. If you have any questions that you would like us to answer, if you would like a free second opinion meeting with one of our More Than Money advisors, all you have to do is ask. You can ask by sending me an email, gene at askmtm.com, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. Uh, you can go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Or you can go old school. Give us a call, 610-746-7007, 610-746-7007. Folks, thanks so much for being part of the show this morning. We'll see you next time on More Than Money. Dancing.